What is up, all you hipsters and cool cats out there in podcast land? Welcome to the latest episode of the Fortress of Rock. I am the maestro, Kevin Crane. Episode 90 here on May the 5th, 2023. As always, glad to have you aboard. I will warn you straight away. There's going to be a lot of anger. Maybe some yelling. Because, of course, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees were announced. And we all know how the maestro feels about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And now it is even worse. My hatred, the vitriol for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has now been amped up to 11. Segment one, of course, News of the World. Each and every week, our tribute to Freddie Mercury and Queen, deserving members of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So let us go back a few days. Let's talk about the fan vote. Because as we know, it's useless. It's a futile attempt for people like me and you to influence the morons, the idiots who run the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and are 0.01% or 0.001% influence, whatever it is. So the fan voting results were announced. George Michael won over a million votes. Of course, the top five are the ones that actually get this fan vote. So after George Michael, the rest of the top five were Cindy Lauper, Warren Zevon, Iron Maiden, and Soundgarden. Now, from what I read, history says that since the fan vote was initiated, it's very, very rare for somebody who got in the top five in the fan vote to not make it into that year's class of inductees. Well, so much for history. Because I would have been pretty happy with this top five making it in to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. As it turns out, only George Michael out of those five gets into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's pathetic. It's disgraceful. I'm not saying George Michael. I'm saying the fact that the other four were left out. I'll admit, I'm not a big proponent of Cindy Lauper, but compared to what was put in or what is going to be put into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I would have taken Cindy Lauper in a heartbeat over this crappy, awful class of inductees. This is basically the morons, you know, Jan Winners, little lackeys, thumbing their noses at everybody out there who actually cares about rock and roll and saying, we don't like rock and roll anymore. We're politically correct. So 
Cindy Lauper, not in. Warren Zevon, not in. Iron Maiden, not in. Soundgarden, not in. And outside the top five in the fan vote, of course, somebody I voted for as often as possible through the fan voting window. I voted a lot and every time for the White Stripes among my five picks. The White Stripes, not in. You know who got in, kids? You know who got in? Kate Bush, Cheryl Crow, Missy Misdemeanor Elliott, George Michael, previously noted, Willie Nelson, Rage Against the Machine, ah! and the Spinners. Now, I have no problem with George Michael and the Spinners getting in. I know George Michael's not necessarily rock and roll. Technically, the Spinners aren't either, but giving the broader definition now from their latest mission statement, I wouldn't have had an issue with those two. But the rest of it, garbage. I don't care about Kate Bush. You can tell me till the cows come home how influential and important she is as a female artist. The only reason she got in is because her song became popular again on Stranger Things. Cheryl Crow, give me a goddamn break. Still doesn't qualify the episode as explicit. Cheryl Crow should not have any business being within a mile of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They should actually have a restraining order on her so she is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Do you realize the people who are not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and she's going in? I'm not even talking about Iron Maiden, Soundgarden, the White Stripes from this year. Going back to the classic rock era of Styx and Ario Speedwagon and Foreigner. Kansas. Boston. Cheryl Crow gets in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but those bands don't get a whiff, don't get a chance, don't get a taste. Missy Elliott, really? Really? Do, you, do I have to explain this? It's not rock. And I've had friends tell me, oh, she's got this song that's a rock anthem. I don't give a rat's butt. She's not rock and roll. Willie Nelson could have seen this coming a mile away. Big old pothead Willie Nelson plays right into the the voting block of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I didn't even think he was that good as an old school country artist. Let's put Alabama in instead of Willie Nelson. Jesus. And then, of course, we have Rage Against the Machine, who I cannot stand. But because they're political, because they fused rap and metal, 
They're so progressive and so cool that they get in ahead of Soundgarden and Iron Maiden. And we'll talk about Tom Morello a little more here in a couple minutes. I'll admit I liked Audio Slave. Basically, they took Zach De La Roca out, put Chris Cornell, the greatest singer of all time in rock history, put him in for three albums, and the results were stellar. But Tom Morello is a hypocrite. Tom Morello is a pandering sycophant. He acts like he's oh so cool and oh so enthusiastic about, oh my God, I got to call into Eddie Trunk show and talk about uh, Billy Squire or whoever it might be who's on the show. All the while being a raging hypocrite when it comes to his politics, which of course, Rage Against the Machine had to jam down your throat with every song, every album. I am sorry, I don't like Rage Against the Machine, and this is an affront to rock and roll. Again, the bands I've listed already, not even getting consideration. And Rage Against the Machine is going to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Absolutely disgusting. I don't know what else we can do, kids. I don't know. I know Eddie Trunk is out there. He was fighting for Kiss for years and years and years for them to get in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They shouldn't have had to have gone through that. Eddie Trunk should have had to fight for them. That should have been a no-brainer first ballot Rock and Roll Hall of Fame selection. But because of the morons, the garbage people running this organization, the garbage people voting for this ridiculousness. We are subjected here in 2023 to the absolute worst, most pathetic class of inductees ever to grace the mistake by the lake known as Cleveland, Ohio. I'm done. I am out. I am done with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Until next year, when I'm sure I'll be able to rip into them some more because they will again stumble and blunder their way into more stupidity and idiocy. You stay on this podcast each and every Friday night. I will tell you the truth. We will discuss rock and roll as it was meant to be, with no judgments. Yes, Ario Speedwagon put out terrible power ballads. So did Boston. But otherwise, they had unbelievably popular and solid catalogs. How are they not even considered for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? And then we have to get into the hypocrisy. of Ted Nugent. Not Ted Nugent himself, but we recently discussed how Frankfurt, Germany caved and decided to allow Roger Waters with his anti-Semitic background to perform 
in their city after initially saying they didn't want him there. But of course, Tom Morello, there you go. There's your next reference to the great and glorious Tom Morello. Tom Morello steps up and says, you can't do this. Roger Waters is an icon. He needs to be allowed to play. Well, I want to see Tom Morello step up for Ted Nugent. Because news just broke that Ted Nugent has had a show canceled in Birmingham, Alabama. show was originally slated to be on July the 18th at like a brew pub type establishment, a brewery. We've got one up here in Michigan, Bell's Cafe. Plenty of them. Dozens, if not hundreds, around the country serve as restaurants, performance centers, and also brew beer to sell retail in the area. But because of social media protests and local establishments protesting, because of past comments from Ted Nugent, Ted Nugent will not be allowed to play his originally scheduled show in Birmingham, Alabama on July the 18th. So, Mr. Morello, Mr. Clapton, all the people that came to the defense of Roger Waters, where are you now? You won't say a thing. You won't say a word because you're all hypocrites and you pick and choose which battles you want to fight. Has Ted Nugent said very, very controversial things? Yes. And we'll get to more of that later on in the podcast. But here's my question. Why do you let these celebrities, these musicians, pick and choose who they protest and who they support? Why do we allow the hypocrisy? So Roger Waters being an anti-Semite is okay. And I say that because there's history. Just like there's history with Ted Nugent saying things racially insensitive. And again, we'll get to that in a little bit. It's not right. Either you play the rules all the way across fairly, evenly, or you don't let the rules in at all and you just allow free speech, whether it's awful, terrible hate speech. Make up your minds. Stop being hypocrites. You guys know I'm for free speech. When it comes to my music, even when it comes to politics. People should be allowed to say, sing, perform what they want. We will judge. We'll turn off the radio. We won't buy the albums or the CDs. We won't listen to them on Spotify or Pandora. We can make our voices heard that way. That's the right way to do it. Not letting big shot rich celebrities tell us who we should like and who we should cancel. 
And I'll admit, while Ted Nugent has said a lot of things that I don't agree with, I will say he is right in that there are only two genders and you are you are stuck with the gender you've got. The fact that we have gone nutsy cuckoo crazy about, oh, I can become a woman from being a man or vice versa. That's not how biology works. I am grounded in science. I am grounded in logic. You are born a certain way. This is not a game we're playing where you can switch out parts. I'm sorry. I don't really care if people don't like me saying this, but that's the one thing that Ted Nugent said that I don't think he should be getting flack for. All right, let's move on to, to better stuff. Let's move on to more positive stuff. And of course, there is a little bit more negativity coming at the end of here of segment one. Let's talk about some performances, some tour news. Motley Crue played a six-song set at the NFL Draft in Kansas City last Friday, April the 28th. I wonder if it was recorded. Hmm. Ann Wilson, maybe possibly still of heart, has announced a North American tour July and August. 18 dates, one of the greatest, if not the greatest female rock voices of all time, her and Pat Benatar for me, 1A, 1B. Skid Row and Buck Cherry have announced legs three and four of the Gangs All Here tour in North America. October through December, 22 dates. If you love your 80s music, and who doesn't love 80s music? Outside of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, of course. Mr. Rick Springfield. I want my 80s tour. 26 dates, August and September of 2023. On most dates, it will be a quadruple bill with Rick Springfield joined by the Hooters, vastly underrated band, All You Zombies, one of the greatest songs of all time. Paul Young. Of course, known for the big hit, Every Time You Go Away. And Tommy Two-Tone. Yes, another all-time 80s classic. 8675309. Jenny, Jenny, who can I turn to? That would be a really cool show to go see. But, of course, the biggest tour news of the past week, something we've discussed, something that uh, Joe Perry alluded to, has been confirmed. Aerosmith is going out on their farewell tour, the Peace Out Tour, with support from the Black Crows. 
Very solid double bill there. The Farewell Tour of North America, 40 dates. I have a feeling more will be added. That seems to be the way these farewell tours go. Just ask Kiss. But right now, 40 dates, September through January of 2024. Unfortunately, no Joey Kramer. Just can't pull it off. So you'll have four of the five original members, the classic lineup of Aerosmith. Just a shame Joey Kramer cannot join them. Seems to be a big thing with drummers. You know, Larry Mullen with U2. Wear and tear. The drummer out of all the members of a band gets the most wear and tear on their bodies, the most wear and tear physically. As I mentioned, wrapping up segment one here on the Fortress of Rock, got to go a little bit negative again because we had two deaths in the world of rock and roll this past week. First, Tim Bachman of Bachman Turner Overdrive, of course. Now, he was not the most... I don't want to say important member, but he was not the most prolific member of the Bachman family to be in BTO. That, of course, would be Randy Bachman. Tim Bachman played guitars and sang on a couple BTO albums. So, of course, thoughts and prayers to the BTO family. But then, of course, the most significant rock and roll passing of the past seven days is Gordon Lightfoot. You might say he's not rock and roll. That's fine. We like to, if the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame can do it, so can the Fortress of Rock. We like to expand our horizons. You know, we talk about 70s funk and R&B and soul and disco. Nothing wrong with a little 70s yacht rock with Gordon Lightfoot, of course. The epic wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald, along with Sundown. So many big, important hits in the 70s for Gordon Lightfoot. And that's going to do it for News of the World. Segment one is done. I still had seven minutes to go, kids before Spotify was going to cut me off. So I could have ranted and raved even more about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So I showed, in my opinion, admirable restraint. Coming up in segment two, Breakdown. After a quick promo, little light in Breakdown this week. I mentioned it last week. Don't have an album review. Three new songs. So Breakdown will be pretty skimpy, pretty short this week, but still worth your while to hang around and listen to my review of the new song from John Mellencamp, Hey God, along with new songs from Dave Matthews Band and Peter Gabriel. Hang out for just a minute. I will be right back. 
Thank you so much for tuning in to the Fortress of Rock podcast with me, the maestro, Kevin Crane. Of course, that was segment one, the news of the world, our tribute to Freddie Mercury and Queen, where we look back at the past week in rock and roll and all the news and all the controversies that you deserve to know about. Next up is the heart of the show, the meat and potatoes breakdown where we are going to review all the new songs all the new albums all the new concert tours the shows that i've seen personally stay tuned for that of course we're now available on spotify anchor apple stitcher Castbox, google pocket Cast, and radio public wherever you listen to your favorite podcast hang out kids we'll be right back All right, everybody, welcome back. Segment two here, episode 90 of The Fortress of Rock. I am the maestro, Kevin Crane. May the 5th, 2023. I warned you guys, not much in the way of albums to pick and choose from this week, so we're skipping our album review for the week. Now, next week, we're all set. Winger's new album, Seven will be our featured album review on May the 12th. But for now, in Breakdown, our tribute to Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, three new songs. First up, John Mellencamp. We mentioned brand new album coming out, Orpheus Descending, out June the 25th. First single off of Orpheus Descending is Hey God. Now, there's a lot of tie-ins, a lot of synergy going on here in this week's episode of The Fortress. We had Tom Morello and his band getting into the Rock Hall of Fame, but then he gets called out for being a hypocrite when it comes to picking and choosing which controversial rock stars he's going to support. Now here with John Mellencamp's song, Hey God, that kind of ties into the whole Rage Against the Machine, Roger Waters' political statements in rock and roll songs vibe. Because Hey God is about gun control. And again, don't have a problem with songs about political issues, political ideas, social messes, social situations. I'm all good with it. It's fine because I know going in what I'm getting. I have a problem with the concert stuff because there's a lot more money involved, a lot more time invested than me listening to a song or an album on Spotify. When I'm shelling out $80, $100, $120 for a concert ticket, I don't want to hear Bruce Springsteen talk politics. I don't want to hear Tom Morello. I don't want to hear Roger Waters. I don't want to hear even the great John Mellencamp talk politics because I paid to hear you sing. 
Yes, I will go back again to the great quote involving the Dixie Chicks. Shut up and sing. You don't get to take my money. Tell me how to think and how to feel. That's arrogant beyond belief. But I digress. Because, hey, God is just a single. I can choose to buy the album, Orpheus Descending, based on what I hear on Hey God. I can choose not to. So I'm okay with that. And I'm okay with with Hey God. Hey God sounds like it could have fit very well into the Lonesome Jubilee era, John Mellencamp. And you can feel how you want about gun control. I believe, like abortion, it's a polarizing issue. You can say I'm a cop out, but I tend to fall in the middle on those type of issues. I tend to say, I can see both sides. I think we've got to find a common ground, a middle ground that's not so extreme to the left or to the right. And that's how I feel about the gun control issue, which John Mellencamp addresses in this song. Now, musically, the song, like I said, harkens back to that era where John Mellencamp was ultra popular, but he was trying to pull himself out and become more of a serious, dare I say, artiste. But Hey God's a very solid song. Very good, very solid song. Um, I've been very hit and miss with his albums over the last couple decades. Um, Sometimes I think he pushes his love for old school music a bit too far. Um, And it's at times it's upset me because it's boring. It's self-indulgent. But I think a song like Hey God strikes that that perfect balance between being listenable, catchy, if you can call a song about gun control catchy, and still being a serious artist. So I think he's found a nice balance here. Um, His last album, Strictly a One-Eyed Jack, had that balance for the most part. He's never going to be the John Cougar Mellencamp that I grew up with and that I loved. He's not going to go back to Uh Uh-Huh or American Fool, the classic albums that we all loved that made him the icon that he is. So I'll take Hey God. I think it's solid. I think it's very good for what John Mellencamp represents nowadays. And of course, next month I will have a review of John Mellencamp live in concert here on The Fortress. And of course, we should be getting some new songs at that show. So check out Hey God. 
very good song. Again, separate it from the politics and how you feel about gun control. Next up, the Dave Matthews Band. Second release from their upcoming album is Monsters. Now, Monsters is what I would call a prototypical Dave Matthews Band mid-tempo song. That's not really a positive or a negative. It's it's good. It's not great. Um, it has that same feel, that same sound that we've heard time and again, again, from mid-tempo stuff off a number of his past albums. It's comfort food for the Dave Matthews Band fans out there. Again, solid, not spectacular, nothing groundbreaking from DMB. I'll take it. Still looking forward to the new album. Walking Around the Moon, I believe, is the title. Sorry, do not have it in my notes right now. Then finally, still playing catch-up, Peter Gabriel and I, right when I catch up with the songs that he's been releasing from his upcoming album, I.O., he puts out another one. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that in the fourth segment. But finally, I have a review of the fourth single from I.O., the title track. And I'm really enjoying what I'm hearing from Peter Gabriel. I am not a huge fan. I find him to be another one of these pretentious artists, deep thinkers, who, without saying it, go wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I'm better than you. I'm smarter than you. I'm deeper than you. And you know how much I love that. Note sarcasm. But I have to admit, I have liked the variety and the the songwriting for these four songs. I.O., of course, no exception. I.O. is kind of a catchy, poppy song about life. And that seems to be what I.O., the album, is going to be about based on these four songs that have been out and been released so far. This is kind of a an overview of life. I.O., And as you guys know, when it first was announced, I was calling it I slash O. I didn't know what this meant. It basically means in and out, inside, outside. So the song I.O. basically is distilling life down to things coming in, things going out. And in a way, that's brilliant. On its its particular level, it is brilliant. A way to, again, distill life down to its basics. As Peter Gabriel sings, things coming in, things going out. So I enjoyed IO very much. So once the album comes out, once the full album hits, definitely think it's going to be on the slate here for The Fortress of Rock. So there you go, kids. Three songs for you this week. 
pretty much positive on all three. Maybe with the Dave Matthews Band and Monsters, a little, little disappointed. It's not more adventurous for a second single, not a little bit more groundbreaking, but there you go. But John Mellencamp, very good with Hey God. And, of course, Peter Gabriel, surprisingly very good with I.O. As I mentioned, next week we will have Winger's new album, Seven. As our featured album review, now you got to stick around to the end till we get to wrap it up, and I will tell you about some more albums and new songs we will be reviewing. And as I just alluded to a couple minutes ago, that damn Peter Gabriel put out another song. So now I've got to catch up on him again. But uh, we're just having fun here. And Doc Brown seems to be in a great mood as we head out to the garage to climb into the rock and roll DeLorean and go back in time. I want to go back. Segment three up next here on the Fortress of Rock. I'm the maestro. I will be right back. All right, now that we've looked at the current state of music in our breakdown segment, it is time to climb into the DeLorean and travel back in time to look back at moments in rock and roll history, birthdays, deaths, anniversaries of song and album releases. It is time for I Want to Go Back, our tribute to Eddie Money. Stay tuned. And as always, we're on Spotify, Anchor, Apple, Stitcher, CastBox, Google, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public, anywhere where you listen to your favorite podcasts. All right, everybody, as I mentioned in the last segment, Doc Brown seems to be in a great mood. So maybe we get to hang out in the time stream. A little bit longer than normal here for I Want to Go Back. As always, segment three here on the Fortress of Rock, episode 90 this week, May the 5th, 2023. I'm the maestro Kevin Crane. But of course, before we drop out of the time stream and start discussing classic moments in rock and roll history, anniversaries, birthdays, we've got to take care of some bitness. Number one item on the agenda, of course, is where you can find the Fortress of Rock. You have found it somewhere, but you have options. Always good in life to have options. You can find the Fortress on Spotify, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, Amazon, Audible, Apple, Overcast, CastBox, and Stitcher. Don't forget to check out the Facebook page. Of course, always fun stuff on the weekends. We have just launched our latest weekend rock project. April showers bring May flowers, so we want your favorite rock songs with the word flower or a flower or plant in the title. I, of course, chose my favorite 80s power ballad of all time, poisons every rose has its thorn let's see what you come up with then of course every sunday is new music sunday where we post a youtube video of a brand new song probably one we discussed in the last segment 
in Breakdown. So check that out every Sunday. Give yourself some new music to listen to. If for some reason, somehow, some way, you don't have a new release radar with Spotify or you don't have any other way to hear brand new music, we are more than happy to take up the mantle for you in that regard. Now, as great as my mind works when it comes to rock and roll, it's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. I need help. I have sources for a lot of the ideas and stories here each and every Friday on The Fortress, especially when it comes to news of the world. And this segment, I want to go back. Three main sources are ultimateclassicrock.com, the Van Halen News Desk, and thisdayinmusic.com. All right, Doc Brown wants me to get going here with birthdays. Gets a little impatient sometimes. His Geritol isn't working very well. Maybe his Metamucil is kicking in. I don't know. We don't want him to make a mess in the DeLorean. So birthdays. Not really rock and roll, but again, as I mentioned earlier, if the Rock Hall of Fame can expand its horizons, so can we. Born on May the 5th, 1988, the gorgeous, physically and vocally, Adele, mega, mega superstar, was born on this day in 1988. Going all the way back now to May the 5th of 1959, they're inseparable. I'll say that right before I even tell you who I'm talking about. Born on this day in 1959, the great guitarist Steve Stevens, and you know who he's inseparable from. That would be one Billy Idol. Billy Idol and Steve Stevens go hand in hand like peanut butter and chocolate. Billy Idol really excels when he's got Steve Stevens by his side. So happy birthday to Steve Stevens. May the 5th, 1948, Bill Ward, of course, the drummer for Black Sabbath. Now, I will admit, I will admit, I am not a Black Sabbath guy. I'm an Ozzy Osbourne guy, but not a Black Sabbath guy. Just couldn't get into them when they were at their peak. Maybe I was a little too young. Late 70s. Music tastes still forming. Just coming out of the disco era. Just discovering Van Halen and Foreigner and all those great bands. Sticks. Just Black Sabbath never did it for me. Paranoid's fine, Iron Man's okay, but sorry, there are some bands, some performers here on the Fortress I'll be more than happy to admit I don't like, and Black Sabbath happens to be one of them. 
But happy birthday to Bill Ward, drummer for Black Sabbath. And then finally, another great female voice. May the 5th, 1942, stand by your man. The legendary Tammy Wynette was born on this day in 1942. So let us move on to anniversaries, shall we? And I've been talking all through this episode about synergy and how I've got stories that just fell into place like puzzle pieces, interconnected ideas and opinions. And you're going to have that here for the next couple minutes on the next two anniversary notations I make for you here on the Fortress. Starting with May the 5th, 2002. This is creepy spooky how this happened to pop up for today's episode, given what we talked about in segment one in News of the World. A pair of Denver DJs stopped a live interview with Ted Nugent after he was using racial slurs. Again, talked about this in segment one. Ted Nugent has said a lot of inflammatory stuff, and a lot of it's offensive. But sometimes there's a little bit of truth behind the things he says, things that other people are too afraid to say. But in this case, racial slurs, racial epithets, no excuse for that. And so obviously this has been going on for over two decades with Ted Nugent. Again, more synergy as we go back to May the 5th of 1996. Doesn't make me happy to mention this, but Evil Empire by Rage Against the Machine was the number one album in the United States. Yippee skippy. How about some news about love, marriage, go together like a horse and carriage, which I do believe was used in this particular ceremony on May the 5th, 1984. Jim Kerr, the lead singer of Simple Minds, of course, don't you forget about me, and the pretender's Chrissy Hind. Married on this day in 1984, and like I said, I do believe there was a horse and carriage involved. But true love didn't last as a tear rolls down my cheek. Six years later, they were divorced in 1990. Shocking. May the 5th, 1969, one of the Beatles' most iconic songs and of course there are so so many to choose from but of course since it was 1969 it was towards the end of the beatles as a cohesive group get back get back jojo 
was released as a single in the U.S. on this day in 1969. There's speculation that it was written kind of as a jab at Yoko Ono, Paul telling John to get back to where you once belonged, which means back as a important, vibrant member of the Beatles, not flaking out with Yoko Ono. One year earlier, May the 5th, 1968. Honestly, don't care much about this one. Another band that I never really got into. And of course, the offshoots from this band, I didn't really like all that much either. But 1968, on this day, Buffalo Springfield broke up. And of course, that led to what? Neil Young, Crosby, Stills, Nash, all that terrible, awful, neo-hippie stuff. So if if this makes you sad, I'm sorry. Really doesn't do anything for me. As David Crosby once said about the passing of Eddie Van Halen, meh. Then finally... One of the great classic moments in rock history, May the 5th, 1956. Elvis Presley scores his first U.S. number one single and album with Heartbreak Hotel. And by the way, completely off track. If you have not watched Agent Elvis on Netflix, do yourself a favor and check this out. It's animated. It is fully endorsed, supported, produced by Priscilla Presley. It is hysterical. Now, it is not for the kids. Let's put it that way. Even though it's a cartoon, it is not for the kids. It's adults only. Elvis Presley as an agent of the government of course there were always crazy rumors and speculations about that but this show actually says what if it was true what if he had been mind controlled brainwashed into becoming a government agent a super spy matthew mcconaughey voices elvis presley It's fun, kids. It is fun. Now, I know some of you out there will probably see five minutes of it and think it's disparaging to the legend of the king of rock and roll, but I will say just lighten up a little bit and enjoy it. It is an awesome, funny show on Netflix. So that's going to do it for I Want to Go Back. Doc Brown and I are pulling the DeLorean back across the moat into the Fortress of Rock, into the garage, shutting it down for yet another week. But we're not done yet here on the Fortress, of course. We've got to give you a little taste, a little preview of what's coming up 
for the rest of May and maybe into June here on The Fortress in terms of reviews. Wrap It Up is just a minute away, so stay tuned. Well, we hope you enjoyed our trip back in time, looking back at the anniversaries, the classic moments in rock and roll history. But of course, the DeLorean works both ways. So now we have to move forward. The last segment here, as always, on the Fortress of Rock with me, the maestro Kevin Crane, Spotify, Anchor, Apple, Stitcher, CastBox, Google, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. It's all about the future. What's coming out here in the next month or two? What songs? What albums? What concert tours? That's why we call it Wrap It Up. Thanks to the fabulous Thunderbirds. Thanks to you for hanging out. Here comes our final segment. All right, sadly, the latest episode of The Fortress of Rock is coming to an end. But we still have a couple minutes left to discuss the future, the immediate future of rock and roll. Yes, it's time to wrap it up. Fourth and final segment here with episode 90 on May the 5th, 2023. Wrap it up, of course, our tribute to the fabulous Thunderbirds where we discuss what music concerts we're going to be talking about in future episodes in the breakdown segment. I've already said it a couple times since we didn't have an album review this week. Very rare that we don't have an album review. We're set for the next few weeks though. We have got winger next week with their brand new album seven. After that, May the 19th, that episode, which would be episode 92, hopefully, maybe, going to review the new Smashing Pumpkins Autumn, although it is going to be a monstrous task, given it's over 30 songs, three acts. Might need a little more time for that one. We'll see. But at some point soon, whether it's the end of May or early June, we will review the massive project from Billy Corgan and company, Autumn. Concerts, I mentioned it. Again, a lot of synergy, a lot of interconnectivity here this week on The Fortress. We reviewed John Mellencamp's Hey God. And of course, I did allude to the fact that he will be the next concert that we review here on The Fortress, but that will not be for about five weeks. Still, weather just starting to get better, so the outdoor venues are not open yet. Kind of rough in the upper Midwest when you're limited like that when it comes to scheduling and going to concerts. So. Still a ways away from our first concert review here in quite a while. But once we get going with them, it's going to be a cascade. It's going to be an avalanche of live music reviews for you. 
in terms of new songs that we're going to be talking about over the next few weeks, <laughs> I joked about Peter Gabriel and how I have taken my own sweet time reviewing his four releases to this point off of IO. And just when I catch up this week, of course, in breakdown segment two this week, reviewing the title track, he releases a fifth song. So four kinds of horses will be on the agenda here in the next few weeks. The fifth release from Peter Gabriel's IO, and I will drag my feet and I will review the song just in time for either the sixth single or the full album to come out, because that is how it's been going with me and Peter Gabriel in 2023. We talked last week about the fourth single from Dark Fighter, the upcoming album from Rival Sons. The new song, Guillotine. That should be on the agenda next week here on the Fortress of Rock. Now today, of course, most new music, most new songs, albums released on Fridays now. Second single from Matchbox 20's new album is Don't Get Me Wrong. No, it's not the Pretender song a remake of that classic. So the second single from Rob Thomas and company off their brand new album. First album in, I believe, a decade. The song is Don't Get Me Wrong. We'll have that for you here in the next couple weeks on the Fortress of Rock. And then finally, you guys know how much I love quote-unquote deluxe editions. And I am not ashamed or embarrassed to admit when somebody who I admire and love, like Wolfgang Van Halen, I will never let him live this down. How dare he release a deluxe edition of Mammoth WVH, the debut album, expecting me to shell out more money for three new songs. That's garbage. That is a bad way to treat your fans. I don't like it. And now, of course, Gavin Rosdale and Bush appear to be doing the same thing with their latest album, The Art of Survival. Looks like we're getting a deluxe edition of that. And the song All Things Must Change is one of the bonus tracks on the deluxe edition of The Art of Survival. So if I'm not going out and buying Mammoth WVH deluxe edition, you know I am surely not shelling out money for a deluxe edition of a Bush album, even though I like Bush, the band. No way. No way, no how. But since we have Spotify, we have Pandora, 
all these great streaming music services, we can listen to it for free. And that's what we'll do. So, in the next few weeks, we will review the new song from Bush, All Things Must Change, from the deluxe edition of The Art of Survival. Well, sadly, kids, that's going to do it for your latest episode of The Fortress of Rock. Episode 90 here on May the 5th, 2023 is done, finito, finished. I love you all. As I always say, love the one you're with. We'll be right back here to do it again. Great song from Steely Dan, by the way. Next Friday night for episode 91 on May the 12th. We will see you then. Until then, rock out, kids.